Welcome to a new episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I'm Fern here with Dom. What's up? Okay, Dom. So this week was kind of the week of trailers. Ooh, really? And obviously, we got to get to the first one. Mm-hmm. Avengers. Edamami? Yes. What do you think about it? I didn't see it until like I was on lunch because I had to go to work. But... Because I was like, oh, why is why are people talking about like the oh rumor title still, you know, like oh Endgame? But then like I was like on t- Flipboard and I'm like, wait, did they drop the ta- the trailer? So I'm like looking for it and like I, f- I found it and I'm like, oh my god! And it's like, <sighs> this is gonna like destroy the box office. Maybe, I think because my excitement. I don't know, I, I wouldn't say peak, but I think it was met with the oh. first one that this one is more of like it's anticipation of just I want to see how it finishes. Yeah, the conclusion. Uh, it looks, I mean, it looks exactly like you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, I tried not to, but then I was like, I want to see what everyone's saying. <laughs> and there's a couple, obviously, there's like, oh, let's break down the trailer. And yes. I kind of realized, like, because in my head, I'm like, okay, I think this is kind of how it's going to go. But then, I, I don't know, I kind of just realized that people just throw shit on the wall to see what sticks. Because mm-hmm. some people are, like, really throwing stuff out there that's like, wait, how do you, I don't, well, did you, what did you, wait, Did you what? see the, this one, like, they were saying how, like, oh, and this one, if, if you... Zoom in really close, and the shot of the ship, you can see someone sitting up in the, like, up in, like, the ship that Iron Man's in, and it looks like Groot, so Groot confirmed. And it's like, whoa, whoa, hold on, you, you, you realize Nebula was with him, too, like, they were both the last ones, so it literally could be her, or maybe it's just, like, the way that the ship, lo- like, it looks like him. <sighs> yeah, exactly, like that. And... I mean, it just, it got me more excited for like, well, I guess time to ignore every single trailer from now on. Because mm-hmm. I am still awesome, obviously. But I think what got me a little bit more was the second trailer for King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah, Godzilla. Because yeah. that last mm-hmm. part, when they're running at each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I watched that trailer like five times. That part was like this is everything that my childhood has brought me to to this moment mm. right now. When that fucking part like th- the whole trailer was tight, but oh, yeah. that one part where when you think of Godzilla, mm. it's very slow moving and even <laughs> the first one it's like here and there. But then these bitches are running at each other like doom 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 and then he like he catches two of the heads in his arms and it just ends. I'm like, fuck. Like <laughs> I I can't stop smiling because it just was like this is yeah. everything I've ever wanted to see on screen. And like in my head I'm like, I'm gonna see this like ten times. I know it. Mm. I don't think I've ever been blown away that hard by a trailer in a very long time. Talked about the Infinity War. Yeah, that was more of like it was just like building anticipation that we've known that was going to happen 
for so long, right? Yeah. Like, literally building this whole thing that it just was like, this is a payoff. Awesome. This is more of like, I never understood what I wanted to see <laughs> my entire life until that last, like, three seconds. Mm. And God damn it, am I stoked. And, of course, you get to see the other monsters in there. It's pretty yeah. cool. It looks, it honestly looks, I, I don't mean... I don't mean this in like a bad way. It looks a little bit better than the first one. Like it feels like it's going to be shot a little bit better mm-hmm. than the first one. I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so goddamn stoked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it looks so awesome. It's everything I ever wanted. I'll give the movie five stars right now. <laughs> just for that one part. Just for that one part. But um, what I want to talk about was the trailer for, I think it's like Brightburn or something. No, I saw the trailer for that. That looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. But the funniest part, and I was going to send it to you, but was this one guy was like, <laughs> all right, it's like super, Superman, you know, dealing with like post 9-11 uh, traumatic events and having to, you know, understand that using his powers can be more whatever. Mm. And then our... Or whatever, and it's like audience, boo. And then it's like, what if Superman was just like fucking evil audience? Yeah. And that really got me to think. It's like, why was one so bad when the other isn't? Because I do understand they are not the same characters, mm-hmm. but you can obviously tell that this is like, yeah, it's supposed what to be. If, what if Superman was evil? Was evil. Yeah. Um, but not in like the red. You know, yeah, the red sun, yeah, whatever. But it was like it obviously depicts like him being found growing up on the farm and all that Mm -hmm. stuff, right? But then you look back at the the first Superman, and I like looking back at it now. I think that was funny to say, but so far, I think that was the most well done (laughs) DCE movie. And yeah, the the Superman in that was so believable because. He didn't want to do any of that, but he knew, like, I can't. Yeah. I can't let, you know, Zod keep doing this. Like, mm-hmm. I cannot be. Because if I don't stop him, I'm complicit. Mm. Yeah. And it's totally believable. And I feel, and I maybe that's why. Um, Sorry, but Superman would not kill anyone. That's uh, that's why I hated it. Duh. Superman literally kills everyone all the time. Um, Not in issue number like 374. Like Superman specifically said that he wouldn't kill anyone. <coughs> and see, that's why like DCEU um, is better than um, the MCU because see, the like villains. they should follow the their comics more stricter. Like the, like the villains, right? Um. <clears throat> anyways, so like <laughs> that's why I hated Man of Steel. Um, but if you ever get a chance to sit down and really watch it, I think you'll see. Like, okay, I get it. The movie's not perfect. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff dealing with Zod wasn't the greatest, which sucks because Michael Shannon's good. But oh yeah. Either way, I think that part of my problem with the DCEU is that they kind of set up Superman a certain way, and he kind of just flip-flops to whatever he is now. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. Watch it, and then you'll see, like, I think I know what you mean. <coughs> but minus that bullshit, the movie looks, like, super good. It's obviously... Yeah. 
It's a it's a horror. It's basically what we always talked about, like a horror film in the superhero genre. Yeah, which is funny because Fox, right? Sony, Sony, Sony could could have totally done this by now. Mm-hmm. New Mutants, if they just fucking released it, yeah, like eight months ago. Mm-hmm. But whatever. What do we know, right? Hey, but like they got James Gunn. That I mean, isn't that like Disney's loss? Like that they got rid of him. A little bit. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I unless it's I still, terrible. I'm right? still on the yeah. I'm still on the fence of like whether or not that's the biggest loss for them. Because yeah. don't get me wrong, I love the Guardians, but I don't know if he has like I made the Marvel universe amazing because he's out. Then we get someone like Taika Waititi, and it's like, mm. oh okay, he can make that. Oh film. yeah, and he can make it way. I, f- I feel like he can do it, ba- way- I'm always, can do it better. I'm always back and forth between Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like they're always going to be tied for me. Mm. But one has Korg in it. Mm. <laughs> the hammer pulled you off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, amazing trailers. Just mm-hmm. gets you more stoked for next year. Yes. And you're starting to realize like what's coming out next year. And you're like... Holy shit. 2019 is going to be a year. If you thought this year was going to be a year, suck on your own shit because next year Mm -hmm. is going to be a year. This is the fucking news. Staying within the realm of the DCEU, this is probably for the best. But um, Amy Adams said that she thinks she's out for the DCEU and that she thinks that they're also kind of revamping things a little bit, especially like something you talked about where you saw like Superman kind of flip flopping around like you like like he was a, a fish that was just caught and they threw him on the floor and it's like. Bloop, 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 bloop. And so I think they're trying to figure out where they're going to go with this, if they're still going to stick to like a connected universe or, as we said, they probably should just go back to just being like kind of separate a little bit more. Like with Shazam, how he's just kind of there, right? And that looks pretty good. And like Aquaman could just be Aquaman and Wonder Woman can be in the 80s. But what do you think about Amy Adams like being like, I think I'm out of the DC universe now i think they're revamping that i don't know the details that's what she said i mean really all i can say is like well yeah duh Mm -hmm. um it's not like it's gonna hurt her any bit but i think it's more of like like the dceu well i believe that i actually believe it's branded something different now can't remember the name but oh is it i've heard it a bunch of times but i yet to remember it (laughs) but I always come back to this. I understand what they're going for because yeah. obviously in this day and age where Marvel can continuously make movies for 10 years and uh, Godzilla's building up their, you know, their monster universe and, um, you know, they try to do the, was it Universal? Try to do the... Oh my God, the dark universe. The dark universe. Like, I get it that that stuff is there. But they did it so wrong they rushed it mm-hmm. so hard hard and it, it i think it kind of came out of nowhere to where they're like oh let's make this you know superman movie and they're like oh wait we can do so much more all right let's put out suicide squad you know what i mean mm-hmm. like yes i don't know I, it's i mean 
I've come to terms that obviously we're just people, but we're the people that consume it. We actually know what we want to see. So when you listen to podcasts like this, that's what you're listening for. You're listening for the people that are either similar to you or have like the same context as you. And you're hearing them out instead of having to hear some executive tell you like, oh, well, you know, because see uh, Superman, like, oh, he's so established and like, oh, we can we know we can make whatever. It's like, well, I don't care about that. I want to care about what I care about is the story. And that's where Marvel, I think, has hit gold is mm-hmm. they keep hitting that those story arcs or people are like interesting. Yeah. But. DC was like, yeah, people love Superman. People love Batman. We'll just do Batman versus Superman. But let's do Suicide Squad. But, oh God. And it's kind of like they saw what Marvel was doing and they're like, yeah, we should do everything they do. Yeah. So they, they put out Guardians of the Galaxy. We need a Guardians of the Galaxy. And they put out a Civil War. We need a Civil War. It just... I don't, I don't know. They... I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like they just completely fucked up, and yeah. they, but they made a bunch of money, which is fine. So they're like, "Oh, let's make another one." But you could have took that time and said, "Let's do a Batman movie." Mm-hmm. Oh, we did a Superman movie, and people loved it. What's the other one? Batman. Let's do a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Then we can do both of them, and we can add more. But instead, they're like, "No, we'll just keep throwing shit to see what sticks." Yeah. Oh, there's a which oh, this Joker. Yeah, everyone's gonna love this Joker. This is gonna be oh, the so. most iconic Joker to ever exist. We had an iconic Joker, but this is gonna top that iconic Joker. Which is funny now because it's like I feel like Jared Leto's Joker is only gonna be like the kind of be like, oh yeah, remember when they did that? I, I don't know that. I hate talking about the DCEU because <laughs> there's so much like. It's because they irritation. It's they. It's literally like they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna make so much money if we just do it like Marvel." And then now they're like, "God, people hate these movies." Okay, what can we do to correct to course correct? But it's like you you, you didn't distance yourself from those older like films, like the ones that you just made. So now you're t- trying to tie all these new movies to this stuff that you that didn't do well. So it's like. You probably should have just been like, we're starting over. And, I mean, I think we talked about this before, and, it, you know, I, th- I think for the first time people thought it was dumb, but look at what they're doing now with their streaming service. Th- what they could have done is, like, release a movie maybe once every two years. You know, something that would suffice fans. Especially because it seems like they're doing that fucking anyways. I mean, Aquaman still hasn't come out. <laughs> but I heard that it's, that it's supposed to be good. <laughs> I heard that. But what they could have done is say, hey, people are really invested in our TV shows. What if we just threw more money at that? Yeah. And, I mean, they're already trying because of, you know, the... Um, the streaming site, but I feel like DC fans, they're they're so wanting this content and they're so forgiving of like missteps. Then why don't you just 
right your wrongs and put more time and effort and make make Supergirl look amazing. Make the Arrow show feel more amazing. And I under and we always talk about how de- how CW shows kind of just have that feel. Oh my I God, get it, yes. but. They don't have to. Like if you can, you can have that and say, "Hey, I know your budget's blah blah blah. Let's double that. Let's triple that. Let's make this look. I mean, okay, it's not gonna look like Westworld, but let's make it feel like we're trying to make it look like it's Westworld. <laughs> you know? And I feel, and I honestly feel like if they did that, people like us would be like, "I see what you're doing, and I appreciate it. Maybe I'll start watching." Yeah. It looks like you're putting money into it. It looks like you're having better writers. It looks like you're investing more time into these plot lines. Let's do it. Instead of having like eight different speedsters, um, bad guys, let's actually put more money into making better villains. Like people have been talking about forever. DC has better villains. And fucking show it. But we talked about this a million times. Let's just... Fuck yeah. Let's let's move on. So have you heard about the controversy with the um, Academy Awards this more recently with Kevin Hart? So Kevin Hart was chosen as the host for the Academy Awards. And I guess someone dug up some old tweets where he was like homophobic and like using homophobic slurs or something. I don't know. Whatever you call it. And so... Like, right away, the Academy was like, oh, you need to apologize for this to be the host still. And he's like, uh-uh, I'm not apologizing. But then, like, right after, like, the day after, he's like, oh, I'm going to back out of being the host. And I apologize for everything I said. And then, like, other people were weighing in. Like, Nick Cannon was coming to his defense saying, Nick like. Nick Cannon's a bitch. Yeah, I know. Um, but, like, pointing out, like, oh, how come, like, Sarah Silverman can say, like, this stuff? And then, like, other people were defending her. And it's all this, like, huge thing that, like, whatever, right? But uh, apparently now the Academy is, uh, is thinking that they're just um, not going to have a host at all. That it just might just be kind of, like, here's, like, presenters and stuff. like Or, like, maybe here's, like, um, one person who comes on and, like, kind of does the thing. And then mm-hmm. another person. They should just get Seth MacFarlane back. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's that would solve all the problems. I hate everyone who hates Seth MacFarlane and, and hated his hosting because it's like, are you guys serious? That was hilarious. Yeah. Hey, you don't have to like Family Guy Mm-mm. to love his hosting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, everyone kind of had a, a right point to an extent. Yes, yeah. Because... Because, like, I can see it from, like, everyone's, like, side, but, like, at the same time, it's like... <sighs> He's right, like he's right about why does he have to keep apologizing when no one else does? Yeah, they legit said, "Didn't you just give uh, an Oscar to um, Mel Gibson?" Nominated. You know what I mean? Like, how is that acceptable? Like, how is him doing this shit any different? And when, like, I I I know what Nick Cannon was doing. And some of the some of the 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 backlash is it's understandable, but yeah, you're right. With people like Sarah Silverman, it's like, well, the thing is, like, we know where she comes from. We know where she's about. We know what you know that she like when she's saying this, it is a joke. It's not coming from a, a place of being fearful of gay people. It's knowing that you've been a part of this. And then, like on the other side, though, too, like what they point out is like, no, but you got to understand, like. 
this is a this is literally the example of a double standard. Like yeah. you're allowing like white we- comedian women to get away with using, even though they're not coming from a place of like, you know what I mean, like from like being hurtful. But at the same time, what if Michael Shea had said something like along the lines of what Sarah Silverman said, and you knew though from a, a play like he is like a, a, a true ally, right? He goes out there and fights for them. Like, would that still have the same? Like, would you ask him to? Wouldn't you have asked him to apologize? I don't know, but see, like I can see it. Like it's it's so conflicting because it's like I can see it from both sides. Yeah, and like I said, he Kevin Hart's right where he was like. I said that shit so long ago, and like I'm a different person now because he literally is a different person. Like mm-hmm. he is now Kevin Hart, the like the star. Before he was Kevin Hart, the comedian, right? Yeah, like just completely different people. So I do understand that, and I'm not saying that, he, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, he changed. But if you're willing, if you're willing to understand that. People can change, and you'd have to understand that what he said back then is probably a lot different than what he's what he means now. Yes, right? sure. And yeah, you're right. There was like a whole double standard thing, and then that goes into comedy of like, oh, oh, we can't be funny anymore. We can't say these jokes. And it's like, no, 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 no. Those jokes are still funny from other people. From the like you saying this gay joke isn't funny because. You're just being homophobic in that way, right? Uh-huh. Like, no, I just mean, I don't hate gay people, but whatever. It's funny, right? But see, if someone who actually was gay said that joke, then it would be funny because they're, it's actually their life, right? Yeah. Just like you tell, oh, this is my life. This is what I know, right? Well, you're not, you're not a fucking trans person. Like, you don't know about that shit. Yeah. But that's, that's a whole nother conversation. So <clears throat> the way Kevin Hart handled it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But he is right to an extent. And it's one of those things where it's like, I I get, you know, why it brought up. And it's not like this is the first time it ever got brought up. Because he said he's apologized a bunch of times before. And he's talked about it in public a bunch of times before. Why does he have to keep, why does he have to keep apologizing Mm -hmm. when other people are being praised, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, but that happened long ago. Mm -hmm. It's like, that happened the same time. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Exactly. Maybe this kind of shows that, hey guys, the academy doesn't know shit about anything that matters today. So maybe we should uh, get rid of it, or at least dethrone it. Maybe. Who knows? I'm just out here surviving. And what I'm doing right now won't even matter. Baby, baby, it will always matter. Thought you said you fixed that. Get a room. I got a room, mother. cash how much longer i gotta wait for my money god made this land for all of us greedy people like you want to hog it to yourself and your family and me and my family yeah cash is i'm your f-ing uncle i just really need a job 40 on two this is telemarketing stick to the script hey hello uh, mr davidson cash is green here sorry to bust let me give you a tip. You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. My white voice? I'm not talking about Will Smith's wife. Like this young blood. 
Hey, Mr. Kramer, this is Langston from Regal View. As always, we'll be getting that out to you right away. You're doing so good with the voice thing. Holla, 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 holla. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Hell yeah. You're going upstairs, Power Caller. They even have their own elevator. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Power Caller. I hope you did not masturbate today. We need you sharp and ready to go. Hey, I'm full trying to murk, yeah. Go get you, pop like Percocet. Got me to bang and surface, yeah. Two step like the ball, this person, check. I got promoted. I'm a power caller. What do they sell? They're not selling it, but we sell it. No, well, there's no amount of money that'll make me do that. Here's the starting salary. Well, man, I'm gonna have to get me some new suits. Do whatever I wear, no, I'm here to be clear. It is morally emaciated. I can't ride with you. I'm doing something I'm really good at. Cash. I'm gonna make you a proposal. I can see that you want to say no, but I wouldn't do that before you see what I'm offering. You are awesome. Oh, yeah. All right. Some for the homies and some for me. Hell, yeah. That's right. Twenty eighteen. Sorry to Bother You was brought to life by Boots Riley who wrote and directed the film, and stars Lakeith Stanfield, Tessa Thompson, Jermaine Fowler, Stephen Yeun, and Army Hammer. It follows a young man, Cash, who's trying to navigate life in order to get out of his uncle's garage. Cash finds a lifeline in Regal View Marketing, working as a low-level telemarketer, but soon finds out that sticking to the script isn't working for him. And with a job that only offers commission, he knows he has a problem. But when a coworker offers up advice using a white voice, Cash dismisses the idea, feeling like it's too silly. Then comes in Squeeze, a coworker at Regal View who offers up the idea of a union in order to get better working conditions and pay. So of course he's into the idea. But then Cash starts to use his white voice. His sales start to take off. And while the outrage begins on the floor, Cash is offered a power caller position and moves to the top floor. While things are going great for Cash being a power caller, he starts to lose himself in his new position. And then he starts to lose all those around him, including his girlfriend, Detroit. After a failed attempt to visit Detroit, Cash heads to the party of Steve Lift of the Worry-Free Company. While there, Cash is asked to meet Steve in his office. Once down there, Cash comes across a half-man, half-horse creature while trying to use the restroom. That's when Steve shows his video explaining that worry-free is behind it, all in hopes to make it a future of physical labor. That's also where he offers Cash a position to become a leader of the Equisapiens, which will have him change into one for five years for $100 million. Once done, he can have the diffusing powder after his contract is up and he can go back to normal. But the next day he runs into Detroit in order to help him. And that's when they find a video Cash sent her while he was down there. With the video in his possession, he goes to TV to show the clip and expose Worry-Free. But instead of having outrage, the clip ends up helping Worry-Free and making the company grow. So when all else fails, they enact a blockade but fail and a full-blown riot breaks out. And while trying to regroup, Cash is knocked out and stored inside a van. Once he wakes, he sees the Equisapiens are fighting alongside the protesters, and for once, things work in his favor. That is, until Cash turns into Equisapien, 
and storm Steve's house looking for the diffusing powder. I really, really like this movie. It was it, like it's shot well. It's acted really well. The directing is really good. The message it sends to is like, yeah, like I wish I could make a movie like this. It's, it's yeah, just so like good. We can't make horse people. You understand, guys? We can't just go around making horse people. No matter how hard you want to, you can't do it. Yeah. So <laughs> this was a movie that we talked about. Wanted to watch a while ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it just if we missed it in theaters. I think it was like a limited release type of thing. Yeah, because I, I definitely remember it in the theater, mm-hmm. but I just don't remember if we had chance to go to. I don't know, I didn't, but yeah. it's definitely something that we saw the trailer for, we were interested in, and then kind of just dropped, forgot about it. And then going through Hulu, I was like, "Holy shit, it's on!" Yeah. As I'm watching it, it's like, okay. I, you know, I, I know where I'm getting at. I did not see. I know the right? the was it uh, Equisapien? Equisapien thing. Did not see that coming. Yeah, me either. And I, <laughs> I knew it was like absurdist. Uh huh. But I didn't think it was gonna go there. Yeah, me too. Because like as it's going and like I'm understanding like oh this is very like they're using very like yeah absurdist and like kind of surreal-esque, like, comedy for this, right? To make it, like, oh, like, when he's, like, dropped into where they are, and, like, there's just different things, like, that you're, like, oh, didn't know that this was going to happen. I thought it was going to be more of a straightforward, like, commentary on, like, more grounded. But then, like, things start happening, and you're, like, okay, we're going there. (laughs) I thought it was going to be a little bit out there, but I didn't think it was going to be what we got. But I will say... And it's movies like this that drive something inside of people like us. Mm-hmm. Where we're like, yes, yes. Yeah. Because we always talk about that idea of something so crazy, so absurd, so out there being thrown in a film that yeah. maybe didn't need it or obviously was not supposed to be for it. Or, or that general audiences just don't like normally see. Yeah, like you wouldn't see any of this stuff coming. And we know that not everyone's into that. But when you see movies like this and they're done they're done so well, it's like we could do it. We mm. should do it. We have yeah. to do it. Aside from all of that, the movie itself is just it's awesome. It's funny. Oh, yeah. Everyone's fucking great in it. Mm-hmm. Having uh David Cross as his Yeah, his as a white voice. voice. <laughs> I was, I laughed the first time because I was like, yeah, that is a white voice. Yeah, that's like the one of the whitest <laughs> voices you can get. I don't know. This movie just offers so much in such a little span of time. And the fact that I feel like it was going to get still at the end where you think it's going to kind of go, you know. Eh. <laughs> but then it's like, nope, there's horse people now. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it really throws a wrench in there and you're like. Wait, 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 wait. When the fuck did we get here? But and it doesn't. It yeah, and it doesn't feel like it. Like it went off the rails or anything. It feels like Boots Riley set up this world where you could totally believe, like that these Equisapiens like were the next logical thing that was going to come. We're watching it. I rewatched it twice already, 
And we're watching it the first time. It was like crazy. Watching the second time, it's like it's so believable. Mm-hmm. Like they even talk about the um, the TV show was like get your shit kicked in. Oh, or get something the sh- like. get get the shit kicked out of you. Yeah, and 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 uh, what's his name? Steven Yen's character was uh-huh. like, I can't believe a hundred and thirty million people watch this every night. Whatever, blah blah blah. Right, and it's like that is insane. Like, yeah. If you know anything about numbers and TV shows or whatever, that's like, I think that's triple the Super Bowl or quadruple the Super Bowl or something. What? Yeah. It's a lot. It's like back in the day, people watching the moon landing. Jeez, really? Yeah. But it's supposed to be like, oh, everyone watches that. And it's so stupid. Uh-huh. But you're like, yeah, everyone's stupid. Like how they make the whole... <laughs> The whole meme of like throw a can, oh, whatever. Yeah. What was it again? Like it's uh the have a nice or have a coke bitch or something. Yeah, and it's so stupid, but everyone's like all oh, about it. He's all I love it at the end too. He's like, what the fuck is that? What yeah. is that? Because you're really like, why is it such a big deal? But but like I see that's why this is a, such a good film. Is like boots like. He's commenting on so many, like, it's like you can literally take this apart or you can look at it face value for what it is. It's just this very absurdist comedy, right? But then you can dig deeper, like that whole thing about like meme culture, like how the, like, where did we, how did we get to this point where like that, like that could become a meme in real life? Like somebody could get there. Look at what happened to, um, what's her name? Bad baby. Where oh, she yeah. was, she cashed me outside. How about that? Like and then she's now, a millionaire. And now she's a she's a singer and she's a millionaire. Oh. It's like, is this the, really the? See what that's what makes it so like absurd. But like you say it out loud and you think Donald Trump is president. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like we live in that topsy turvy surreal world now, don't we? And his. His uh, directorial debut, first time ever, and and what I one thing too that I was I was thinking about was like, as he commented on, I before I had seen this one before I'd seen Sorry to Bother You, I remember him commenting on Spike Lee's Black Klansman, and he was saying how like well why does like basically it was just them like showing like black people should appreciate the police and like their help and this and that and I was like who's Boots Riley to say all that right oh I was like what <coughs> but then Scoff. but then I was like watching this and like learning more and like all that stuff I was like yeah you know what Spike Lee <laughs> is just justifying like these people who are putting them down who are oppressing them <coughs> yeah remember I told you it's it's uh, Spike Lee making. A, was it a black film for white people? Yeah, that's literally what it is. Now that I now that I've seen this, I'm like, yeah, that's literally what it is. Because like, it is about like this is how black people are seen in America. They're they're to, they're told like, oh, when you're at work, put on this white voice. Make sure you're you're talking to them like they want to be talked to. The the funniest part is he does the like the no white voice and he's like no it's not that it's it and it really is it, it, he was saying like it's what they want to hear mm-hmm. they they want to hear what, what they think, think is white yeah what they think that they sound like this is what they would say and it's 
like by the end of it, I was like, oh my god, this is like probably one of the best films ever. Yeah. Like uh, by the end of it, I was like, oh my god. So how big is his horse penis? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But it, it really is to the point where too, where it's like you gotta, he like he, even him saying like, oh, I want you to be like the the Martin Luther King of the Aquasapiens, and it's like, so but you just you, want them you, to become complicit? Yeah, he was like, you want me to do that, but you still control me? He's like, yeah, it's easier that way. And then even like when they're asking him to rap, and he's like, see, like that's literally like the best example, is because he's like, I don't know how to rap, and they're like, no, you, you, you come on, you can rap, and he's like, I don't know how to rap, and they're like, come on, and then he starts, and it's like, they start saying back, and I'm like, because that's all like white people think that it is but like these upper these upper like class like who want to be like, oh yes, yeah, I'm gangster, and they just start repeating it, and it's like. That's it. That's exactly what it is, isn't it? Me and Junior have talked about this a bunch because they're making this music, right? Yeah. And it's not just inner city black people listening to hip hop anymore. Yeah. It's global. Hip hop's been global for the last, you know, 30 years. And it's 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 not just this generation, it's it's every generation has dealt with this stuff. But right now you're dealing with people Saying, well, yeah, I mean, that that's a, yeah, I know that's a word, but like, you know, my favorite rapper says it and I can say it because it's just a lyric, right? And some people are coming around to it saying like, yeah, I mean, I rap it and it's like, if I didn't want anyone to say it, I wouldn't say it. But it's like, but it's like, that's not what that, <clears throat> but see, but. You're you're totally right when you say that. There's so much to this movie that you could just sit God. and try to pick through because it's 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 one of those like it's funny but it's sad. Yeah, I think that's why I like it <laughs> so much because it's like it 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 does so much without like because like I said, you could just watch it as just the movie. You could just sit there and watch it as just a movie, not examine it in any way, and just be. Yeah, like, ha, ha, ha. But, like, if you, like, what we do where we sit and pick through everything, like, it's also, like, a commentary on, like, slavery and, like, and consumerism and commercialism and capitalism itself because it's, like, this is essentially what all CEOs want. They want a workforce where it's, like, why can't I just employ them and I give them the food and the and they just work and they, like, you know what I mean? Like, why can't I just have, like, these people that, like, serve me, right? And, like, they're bonded to me, right? Like, and I just don't have to pay them. I could just give them housing, right? And they can work in my fields. Oh, you know what? When I say that out loud, <laughs> I hear it. Uh, I love how when it comes out, you're thinking there's going to be this huge change. And it's like. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, was it worry-free sales uh-huh. for, like, record amount of money? And, like, the Democrats and the Republicans come together and they pass legislation where it's, like, it's okay to do the, uh, the Aquasapiens or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, like, yeah, because they're bought and sold. Yeah. It's, oh, my God, there's so much to this movie that I love. I can't believe that Boots Riley, like, this is his first film. Because it's it's done so fucking well. It was like, what more can I do? And he's like, I don't know, make a movie? And someone's like, yeah, let's make a movie. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll make a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he just pops this out like nothing. It's unbelievable just how well 
this movie presents so much to you? I think, would you, would you, I mean, I haven't seen every film this year, but would you say this is one of your best, fi- like, films for the year? Yeah, definitely. Me too. It, it, it checks off so much mm-hmm. that it's like, how can this not be considered? Like, I, I bet, I can bet you right now, come Oscar time, they're not going to nominate it for anything, and it's going to be probably, like, the Critics' Choice is probably going to win a bunch of, but, like, it's one of those ones where it's like, why isn't this nominated for Best Picture? Oh, my God. Like, like, it, like I said, there's so much in this movie that I didn't expect from it. This is a great movie. Just, yeah, I could gush about this movie for so long. A legit great movie. I don't think there's really much more to say than it's like, you have to watch it. Yeah. Great movie. Definitely watch it. Go watch I it. hope he does something soon. Me too. I, I like... The, literally, like I'm just like, what is Boots Riley going to do next? I mean, he's probably going to make an album, well, but yeah, he should. But, I mean, directorial wise, I'm, <coughs> I'm like wondering what he's going to do next. Yeah, I really, I really hope I see more from him because if this is just you coming out of the gate, like so late too, it's like, uh, yes, please, or check, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, great movie. Definitely watch it. So this segment for the week, um, we're going to talk about the Golden Globe nominations because that just happened last week. And as I've said to people before, this isn't like a a great concrete, like these are what's going to be nominated at the Academy Awards. But this is a good indicator because some of the, most of like what they get on here and like between now and um, the actual like... N- when they present the nominees on the 22nd of next month, it's usually cause then you'll start seeing things from here, go to like the, like to the other award shows. It's just, it's like, it's a Dow Jones. It's like, it's an indicator. It's not a real representation of what it is. Let's start with, um, best television series. That's, a, um, for comedy. And that was, um, Barry, the good place, kidding, the, Kaminsky method and the marvelous Miss Maisel. So marvelous Miss Maisel is going to take Pro- it, probably because, <laughs> like, did, did you did you watch all of Barry? No, I didn't. Oh, that show is hilarious. But the Good Place is really good too. I'm glad it got nominated. Yeah, but it's not the marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah, uh-uh, it's gonna it's gonna it's probably gonna lose. Stupid white people. Best television series for drama is The Americans. Bodyguard, Homecoming, Killing Eve, and Poise. Best television limited series is The Alienist, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, Escape of Denim Mora, Sharp Objects, and A Very English Scandal. One thing I do want to bring up is that Bill Hader was nominated for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. So is Sasha Baron Cohen for oh, Who's for America <laughs> and Donald Glover. Was nominated for Atlanta, which is like, why isn't Atlanta nominated? Who knows? But Allison Brie was nominated for Glow. Um, that's good. This is something that's gonna suck. But the only thing that Westworld got was Thaddy Newton for um, supporting television actress. And I'm like, you guys don't know anything about movies, do you? Or I mean, TV shows. <laughs> Westworld is so good; it should have been nominated. Was she even supporting? This no, time? I would say she's like. Because it's more of an ensemble. 
I mean, still, uh, I guess a nomination is a nomination, but I feel like she definitely had a like, bigger an A storyline. Mm-hmm. Like she was one of the main. Like, didn't it? Le- it, le- it led towards the end of like it wrapped together with everything. You know, I don't know. All right, but let's get to it. Oh, <laughs> but she's not white. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> Best motion picture, musical, or comedy. Crazy Rich Asians, The Favorite, Green Book, Mary Poppins Returns, and Vice. Did Mary Poppins come out yet? No, but it will. It probably had its premiere already. Um, best motion picture drama is Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star Is Born. All of them are like good, except I don't know. I didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody. Was that? Did you see it? No, I I don't I legit don't want to watch it. Yeah, if you I'm, if you listen to any review, <clears throat> someone said, "Oh, it's kind of like a fan service movie," but it's like I don't want a fan service movie. I wanted a Freddie Mercury movie. Yeah, and they, they, there's a whole bunch of inconsistencies and lies, and it's it's it literally sounds so stupid. It's like why is anyone giving it a benefit of the doubt? From from the, these two groups right here, and then even like best director. Because best director is um, for motion picture is Bradley Cooper for Star is Born, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, Peter Farley, Green Book, Spike Lee, Black Klansman, and Adam McKay for Vice. From these, I can tell you probably right now, for the Academy Awards, it's probably going to be like The Favorite, Green Book, If Beale Street Could Talk, Roma, A Star is Born. I told my sister like Black Panther probably. And then maybe like um, me, I was like a wild card might be Crazy Rich Asians, which I could see them do. But like a Star Is Born, I was like, yeah, you know what? When we saw it, I was like, eh, I don't know. But now I'm like, hmm, maybe. Best wow. motion picture animated: uh, Incredible Two, Incredibles Two, Isle of Dogs, Mira, Ralph Breaks the Internet. And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I heard is gaining momentum, and that could probably be best animated feature at the Academy Awards. Best foreign language film is... The only the only one on there I know is Roma, and I think that might just win, probably. <laughs> best actress in a motion picture, musical or comedy, is Emily Blunt for Mary Poppins Returns, Olivia Colman, the favorite, Elsie Fisher, 8th grade. Did you see 8th grade? Mm-hmm. Was it good? Yeah. I could see that being... Nominated for Best Picture too. Damn, she's only like 15? 14? Jeez, really? Shirley Theron for Tully and Constance Wu for Crazy Rich Asians. Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy. Christian Bale, Vice, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Mary Poppins Returns, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book, Robert Redford, The Old Man and the Gun, John C. Riley for Stan and Ollie. Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama, though, is Glenn Close, The Wife, Lady Gaga, A Star is Born. I like how she still goes by Lady Gaga. Yeah. Nicole Kidman, Destroyer. Melissa McCarthy, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Rosamund Pike, A Private War. Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born. Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate. Lucas Hedges, which he's done a lot of great like movies so far that I'm like, hmm. Um, Boy Erased. Rami Malek. Malik for Bohemian Rhapsody, and then John David Washington for Black Klansman. Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture, Amy Adams for Vice, Claire Foy, First Man, Regina King, If Beale Street Could Talk, Emma Stone in The Favorite, and Rachel Vice in The Favorite. 
And then Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture is Mershala Ali, Green Book, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Beautiful Boy, Adam Driver, Black Klansman, Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Sam Rockwell and Vice. Ooh, Best Screenplay Motion Picture is Alfonso Cuaron, um, Roma, and then The Favorite, Barry Jenkins of If Real Street Could Talk, Adam McKay, Vice, and then like Green Book. But there were, like, a few, like, snubs that people were talking about. And, like, some of them I could understand, I guess, a little bit. But it's like, uh, I don't know. Because one of the ones I saw was, like, Haunting of Hill House. And it's like, okay, I get it, but no. <laughs> um, but you said Glow is really good, right? And, like, it only got, I think it was just Allison Brie. But you said it's, like, really good? Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, people were like, oh, what about The Handmaid's Tale? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. It's like, get out of here with that. Um, two big snubs, they said, for Best Director was um, Ryan Coogler, which, yeah. Um, and then Damien Chazelle, and I'm like, no. Have you seen what you call it? First Man? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Is it good? Uh-huh. I just, <sighs> Damien Chazelle. Whew. Like, I liked Whiplash, and I liked Walla Land, but I don't think, like, I don't think he's, like, as great as everyone says. Like, I feel like they put him on a pedestal. Oh, yeah, and then they, they bring up in here, too, like, that Westward only got one for Daddy Newton, and it's like, what? And then they also bring up, like, this one I will agree with, that Tony Collette didn't get anything for Hereditary. And it's like, so I feel like people are going to forget that come um, Oscars time. Yeah, that sucks. And it's like, because Hereditary was a great film. Yeah. Even people who didn't, or a big horror fan, were like, that That was pretty good. No, sorry to bother you. Nope. And then um, when, uh, some more people brought up, like, how come more female, how come no female directors were, were nominated? They were, like, they even listed off, like, a bunch of films that were directed by women that they didn't get a nomination. And it's like, yeah, it's it's 29 women directors the Golden Globes could have nominated this year but didn't. And, like, they were talking about how, like, oh, well, like, last year Greta Gerwig was nominated for um, Lady Bird. And it's like, okay, well, all right, well. But because they bring up um, Ava DuVarney, A Wrinkle in Time, which I won't no. say no. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Kay Cannon for Blockers. Did you see Blockers? I Yeah, I could see that. It wasn't the greatest but i could definitely tell you that it was better than i think a lot of people gave it one that um oh like mariel heller for can you ever forgive me which i heard is supposed to be really good that's the one with melissa mccarthy yeah the letters right Mm -hmm. um or josie rourke for mary queen of scots i heard that's supposed to be really good or even um Mimi Letter for On the Basis of Sex. That actually looks really good. That's the one that's about um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's like, yeah, like, why the Hollywood Foreign Press? But, like, at the same time, it's like, this is what the, the Academy is going to do, huh? They're not going to nominate any women again. And it's just going to be Catherine Bigelow by, all by herself still. Like, hey, uh, I can't be the only woman to win Best Director. Oh, directing's a man's job. I mean, yeah. But what also made history was that Black Panther is the first, like, superhero film to be nominated for best, like, best picture for a drama. I mean, yes, great, 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 right? But, like, why does it take now for them to be like, oh, whoa, well, 
now superheroes can superhero movies can be nominated, of course. Duh. When it's like but you know how many like movies have come out that like could have gotten at least like a Golden Globe for it? I'm not saying it has to be like an Academy Award, but Yeah. Um I thought that for sure was it Logan? Is mm. that what it's called? I thought that was gonna get something, but Mm-mm. I thought it would too. I mean, they got nominated for like script or something. Yeah, best screenplay. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. When you're saying this stuff now, it's like, yeah, it sounds about right. Like, I I hate saying that, but it feels that way. It feels like, yeah, it's pretty much what we knew we were going to get. And, and what I think is funnier is that people applaud the Hollywood foreign press for like, oh, okay, yeah, they nominated Black Panther, Black Klansman, and if Beale Street could talk, right? And it's like, okay, yeah. You're, yeah, you're being inclusive and, like, crazy rich Asians, right? But, like, at the same time, it's, like, you're also, like, you're trying to include certain people, but you're excluding other people. And it's, like, I don't know what to do. I guess take it with the grain of salt. Because yeah. Because this isn't, this is more of the kickoff. Mm-hmm. Like, it now really we're going to see what's going to keep coming. And But, yeah, you're right. It's, like... Good, but also, like, uh, I guess. Yeah. And maybe this points to another, we're not there yet. We're in the right direction, and we're heading there steadily, but we're not there yet. Either way, it is a bit upsetting to, you know, hear some some things are nominated or, like, even considered or people were ignored or whatever, and it's like... Hopefully this this is more of like, hey, the Oscars already kind of starting off on the wrong. <laughs> so maybe this is more of like, hey, let's let's put our ear to this dirty floor that these peasants walk on, and let's see what they're saying about these nominations. Maybe mm. we can up that. Maybe we can they navigate away from it or at least take from it for best picture they, they can nominate up to 10 films and i feel like no. see like that sound like when you say that it sounds like that sounds ridiculous right but at the same time but like just think about like even just like saying this is nominated like yeah it's not gonna win but like we recognize this was a great film this was worth this is worth us nominated. taking the time to be like hey what about this one that that to me that's why I like that like they kind of upped it a little bit where it's like they kind of stay within like the okay well it has to be more than five but it can't be more than ten just stay within there that's how many we can nominate like we just talked about when you have a movie like sorry to bother you come out but it's not on any of these people's radars then it's like uh, you kind of know where you're getting out from or getting from these people yeah. And even Hereditary, like, we thought her, for sure Hereditary would get some recognition because here we are almost a year later and, and people still are adding Hereditary as one of their favorite films of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And people are still talking about it now, like, oh, yeah, that was, you know, such a great film. But we're not hearing anything from it. <laughs> it's like, might as well just not have happened in their eyes, like, it... I don't know. It's hard to care. I know. But I want to care. Yeah, me too. But, like, at the same time, like, they're going to let us down. 
You you hope for the best, but they never give you the best. Uh let's let's end this somber segment mm-hmm. with a thank you yes. for listening. Thank and you. we appreciate everyone who, you know, goes out of their way and listens to this podcast. Yes. Uh we're coming up on a year next year. Woo! Hopefully gonna do some cool things. Yeah. Um might be able to fully get our podcast on every streaming site. And I mean every streaming site. But more to come to that. I will say is if you guys are intrigued by what we have to say, anything we have to talk about, we have literally 52, 51 episodes. This will be 52. Of our back catalog. You can check out on our Pippa page that you could get a link to on our Instagram, our Twitter, and you can check those at INTB underscore podcast. <clears throat> Or you can email us directly at intbpodcast at gmail.com. And you know, let, us let us know, you know, if you have any um, best picture nominations or you think someone should win or whatever, have it. What movie profoundly changed you this year that you're like, oh, this should have been nominated? Probably Hereditary. Probably Hereditary. That was a good film. But until then, guys. Always remember, it is not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs>